1: Well, hi and welcome back to our podcast, Doing It Right. I have a very impactful little video clip I want you to see about Helping Hands for Single
0: Moms. Let's watch. Nationally, 35% of all single mom families are in poverty, and that becomes a real issue uh, for how are these families gonna be taken care of? What about their future? What about the kids? And uh, we're strategic.
2: Helping Hands for Single Moms CEO, Chris Kaufman, spent years as a pastor until he saw he was needed elsewhere.
0: What could we do to help single moms? How can they get out of poverty? For those who are in that economic class, how do we get them out of poverty? And the answer was, they're going to have to get a college education. And so I began helping hands for single moms and it just took off.
2: The organization has been in Arizona for 16 years, but recently expanded to Dallas. And Morgan Smith, who's going through the program, says it's a game changer. So um, well, I'm originally from Dallas, uh, born and raised. Um, my son, he's five, he's just turned five in July. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to, before I had my son, I wanted to just go to school just to say I was able to do something and completed Um, nobody in my family's actually um, gotten their the bachelor's degrees. Morgan Smith is studying kinesiology at UT Arlington and has dreams of becoming a physical therapist and one day owning her own gym but for a little while that dream was put on hold. I actually quit for about two years and um, when he turned about two two and a half I decided to actually go back. I wanted to do more for myself and him, and then for him to grow up and see me doing it. Hopefully, would we'll push him into wanting to do more in life than just, you know, settle for whatever he felt like he could do. And Smith says it's more than just the money. A lot of scholarship programs, you don't see them actually wanting to help others. They, um, you apply and then you get the money, and that's really it. But with this one. Um, there's a lot more help other than just money. You have the dental services, you have uh, financial support, you have um, Chris who stays in contact with you. So
0: we come alongside moms and provide scholarships and supportive services, uh, services that we took our time to learn from single mom college students as to what they need. Everyone in our program has got a strong plan to get through college, a good career plan, and so while the mom's going through school, we provide scholarships. We have two levels uh, in Dallas, it'll be 4,000 and 2,000. And we provide uh, free auto repair and uh, dental care for the moms, um, family outings. Uh, we have um, holiday gifts for the kids and uh, AAA towing too to go with the free auto repair. And, uh, and then also what's called a single mom college community, which really provides an opportunity for single moms to to meet build relationships
1: so Chris Kaufman and Michelle Capizano okay so even though my name is Sokolowski, I'm Italian it's my husband that's the one that's Polish or Russian or whatever his family is welcome today you you, are part of a wonderful national organization that has raised just hundreds of thousands of dollars for single moms. Mm -hmm. And Chris Kaufman, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you, as the founder of this, got started. How did you come to do this?
0: Well, I'll tell you, Valerie, it was the most unexpected way I had been a minister for 20 years, and I was very happy doing that. I I thought I would retire as a pastor, Uh and I did not know what God had in mind for me. Uh, I was a part of a local ministerial alliance, and we wanted to get more involved in the community. But we didn't know where to start. So Mm -hmm. every pastor was assigned a certain section of the city to drive.
1: And this is Phoenix, Arizona. This is in Phoenix,
0: Arizona back in 2001. I Mm -hmm. had no idea one summer morning when I took off to go drive my area and pray and ask God to show me the needs in the community. I didn't have any idea what was about to happen on that very day that would turn the direction of my life. Mm -hmm. I hadn't gone a couple of miles and I saw a little boy. He was about four years old and he was walking along on a sidewalk with no adult in sight. So immediately the alarms go off in my head. Uh, You can't be out there on a busy street as a young kid without an adult. So I pull alongside and I roll down the window and I tell him, you go down to the corner, I'm going to meet you there, and we're going to walk you to your house. Uh,
1: And he could have panicked, right? Yeah, that's true. He could (laughs) have panicked.
0: And he went down there and waited. A lady had pulled in about the same time. So both of us went down there and stopped. And we said, well, we need to get you home. And he, he knew where he lived. And he walked us back into the neighborhood to an old dilapidated house. Mm. We knocked on the door. A little girl about nine years old answered. And her eyes just got giant. I bet. And I said, uh, is this your brother? And she nodded. And I said, are you supposed to be watching him? Because she was shocked. Yeah. I said, well, I need to talk to your mom or dad she said, well, only my mom lives here, and she's asleep. Now, as a minister, it's not all that often over the years that I felt like I got a direct communication from God, unmistakable. Really? I was walking back to my truck, and all of a sudden, it's like, God wants me to help single moms. It just was one of the most clearest directions I've ever gotten in my life from God. Mm. I had no idea the journey would take me on, because then I went, and I started thinking about what can we do to help single moms. And the answer was, help them get an education. That's the key. We, I began to ask around mm-hmm. Phoenix, is anybody doing this? And everybody's going, no, it's a great idea. You ought to do it. You ought to do it. So we started Phoenix in 2002. We just had one mom. And over the next few years, we just learned, what do you need to go to college? And we had about, after three years, we had maybe seven or eight moms. Hmm. Since that time, we've given out over $5 million in scholarships and services wow. in the Phoenix area. And so how did I get into this? (laughs) I wasn't looking for I wasn't raised by a single mom. I didn't really know one. And yet God had that cut out for my life. And I've learned you never know what God's going to do.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's uh, that's amazing that it was uh, obviously so impactful for you but the impact you've had for single moms. You know, Chris, what's interesting to me is that there are so many nonprofits and so many uh, great things out there, and yet you're saying, no, there wasn't something like this, which just shows there's still needs that we don't know. So congratulations for all the work you're doing, and now you're taking it, of course, national.
0: Yes. We probably get 10 to 15 calls or emails a week And we'll have a mom, she says, I'm up, you know, I'm down in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Or I'm in uh, Las Vegas. Can you help me? Constantly, they find our website there. And they, but I have to say, I'm sorry, we're only in Phoenix. We're only in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And now it's we're only in Phoenix and Dallas. But in 2015, we launched Helping Hands for Single Moms USA for the Mm -hmm. sole purpose of launching new sites our goal is to go across the country sure because what we find in most cities is there's nothing like our program that's helping a very strategic group of people
1: and we have with us today one of those special moms that you helped so Michelle welcome to the show thank you I would love for you from your perspective tell us Well, what does that look like so you were a single mom and you had a need so what did they do for you? I had, uh, I don't even remember how I found
3: helping hands for single moms, but I was uh, transferring to a university. Mm -hmm. I was a young mom, very lost, very broken, limited guidance, and I had a special needs child. So I already had the odds stacked against me and a lot of people wanted to root for me, but it just didn't seem like a great investment. What could the return be? What are, what were the odds of me as a single mom surviving or a single mom with a child who constantly required brain surgeries or oh. was having seizures? It Jeez. just it was hard to find people who could believe in the idea of me being anything more than what my circumstance was. And I remember meeting Chris, it was really small at the time, there wasn't tons of parents or single moms in the program. And I remember just meeting Chris and him believing in me and it was like, well, maybe there is something within me that despite all these things around me, I could still accomplish things no one thinks are possible and prove to other women it could be done. And then they came in and gave me all these supports that gave me the strength and the endurance that helped me build and develop the strength and endurance to get through college, to get through medical crisis, to, to have that passion and desire to empower other women to do the same.
1: Oh, Michelle. So it's Congratulations. been amazing. <laughs> amazing. And you're sitting here today now with, tell us about the outcome, the degree or what you're doing.
3: I'm, it's developed this huge passion inside of me because I think being someone that that most people didn't think would have a return on the investment has given me a passion to find those people mm. and give them the support they need, knowing that when they do get through it, their impact's even greater because they understand the struggle and they understand the possibilities. Mm. And so I'm running for school board and, in uh, South Phoenix, and um, I have my own company. What, I, is, it? what uh, is it? What is it? I service special needs children in home. Okay. Um, which I'm extremely passionate about because I know how hard that struggle is. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm also working on a docu series, which will um, be influential in, in highlighting some of the struggles in education and also the possibilities when kids are given the tools and resources they need. So, Michelle, I. <laughs>
1: It's hard for me to believe that you said early on there were people who wanted to support me, but they didn't see the return on investment. How sad is that? So I have to ask, when you say they were there to support you, well, what does support look like if the, you know, what what good things did they do for you that maybe helped you raise your self-esteem a little bit or believe more in yourself there must have been some good things other than money absolutely i think
3: that part of it was that people thought i was going to stretch myself thin. so they it was more concern of like you going to college and working and raising this child with special needs Mm -hmm. is too much and i was like but i know my drive i know my heart and i know how much i love my son Mm. and that will take me anywhere i need to be for him And so I think just finding outsiders who even as a stranger could say, you can do this and whatever you need along the way, whether it's car help, dental, Chris is set with us at the hospital at my son's bedside, whatever it was I needed, knowing at a circle that was going to cheer me on, no matter how dark some of those days were, that was enough to get up and push forward for my son who needed me. I was all he
1: had. You know, sometimes, Michelle, it doesn't take much more than just a pat on the back once in a while <laughs> or a smile or a go for it. You know, I always ask, Chris, you know this, I always ask guests to leave us with some pearls of wisdom and I'm gonna throw one out there right now because sure. I've I've said to so many people, we all have those down times. I don't care how successful people think someone is, you know, people are people. And just a smile. is. Can't we just do that every day, right? Think of those things that are simple that we can all do as encouragement. So Chris, back to how you help the people. If someone were to call you tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what realistically can you do for these women? What does that look
0: like? what we have is called scholarship plus services now okay. it is a competitive scholarship and unfortunately we always have more applications than we have money to give out okay but each mom gets uh here in dallas it's a four thousand dollar a year scholarship but a, a single mom needs more than just a scholarship there's okay. so many other needs her family faces so we provide free auto repair we provide triple a towing uh dental and eye care uh, Family outings, we get a ton. In Phoenix, we did probably $25,000 last year in just family outings to sporting events, professional games, uh, ballets and such. Uh, We provide holiday gifts for all the kids. And uh, we have what I think is really important, the single mom college community. We have two in Phoenix. And it it gives these single moms who feel very isolated on a college campus, nobody understands the struggles they have when they're sitting there taking a final and their kid was up sick all night. (laughs) And the other students have Michelle no clue. Laughing. Yeah, she, I'm sure she's <laughs> really? done that many times. Any mom time. is laughing, and so they feel very alone. And the Singamon College community gives them a chance every month to sit down and talk about in a group and talk about life and uh, uh, professional development and raising kids and just encourage each other. And Michelle has friends, lifelong friends, that she's built through that Singamon College yes. community.
1: So um, the money that you raise. When you have uh, events, mm-hmm. right? Tell us about the events and what those look like. Should someone uh, start one of these helping hands for single moms in their city with your help? What kind of event is, is put on to raise money, Chris?
0: We have a very iner- interesting connection to the professional sports community. Okay. Over 50% f- over of all football players and basketball players Uh, that play today were raised by single moms.
1: 50%? Over.
0: And they they know that because they run demographics on these players before they ever draft them out of college. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: uh, these are statistics that they publish. So what we do is we connect with professional athletes, and we have a My Mom, My Hero Award. And we were here last night. We had Shirley Barnes, the mother of Harrison Barnes of the Dallas Mavericks, and we love to do that award because over the years – we've learned by watching and listening mm-hmm. the struggles that single moms face. And so when we honored Shirley last night, we knew the journey for her with Harrison had not been easy. But as we heard in the, in the testimonials, she had provided her kids with love and vision and direction and encouragement. She held her home together by herself. Mm -hmm. And so we do fundraisers where we we have professional athletes and we have people from the community come in. And not only we tell the story of the mom of the athlete and honor her, Mm -hmm. then we also share about what we want to do for other single moms. And it's amazing. For example, like Shirley last night, she's all on board with Helping Hands for Single Moms. Her heart was captured by coming and learning about us.
1: And just like Michelle, look what she's doing. And, you know, as an event, who wouldn't want to come and support the organization and see someone up there that's famous and meet the mom and hear a little bit about it? So because this was held recently, I went and I heard this mom, Shirley Barnes. I was taken back, Michelle, you can add to this, I was taken back by those little mom things that she did that made a difference with Harrison. So for example, she said, I made sure that Harrison wrote well, that he wrote things down and he wrote well. I made sure that he introduced himself. I made sure that he appreciated people, that he looked people in the eye when he talked to them. Now, Michelle, Just add on to that, I was taken back by the little things that are just doing it right as a mom as you're raising a child. And he was articulate, he was a great presenter, he didn't need to have presentation skills at all, and it started in the home. So what can you add to that that you think is important for any mom as they're raising kids in a pretty interesting time? I think sometimes being
3: a mom can be overwhelming. There's so many moving pieces. And when you're also playing the role as father, it's definitely um, overwhelming. But I think just those little things that prepare them to be great human beings, great to be authentic beings. to who they are, to be kind, to be genuine and sincere. And it's little things. And if you focus on those little things that are easy to instill in your children instead of the bigger picture, they, they ultimately get to the bigger picture, and they value the same. They end up with the same core values um, that you want your children and your family to believe in. Mm-hmm. So I think that those little things make it easier to get their stepping stones to where you want to be. Yeah. And sometimes you have to task analyze and be like, what can I accomplish, and what does that look like? You know, what I can make a kind child or someone who
1: cares about yes. other human beings, yes. and ultimately those people end up successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what's interesting, Michelle, about that is in the training and development part of my work, I find that uh, those leaders who are high in empathy are the, as you say, the ones that are most successful. And where do they learn empathy? Hopefully at home. You know, I remember when I was raising my three children and I had two boys and a girl And they were very close. I had two boys that were two years apart and a little girl 18 months later. My surprise, thank goodness. And I was always talking about some of these things. And one of them was manners and, and eating nicely at the table. Back then, you did eat at the table, by the way. And my son came up when he was about 15. and He said, oh, Mom, why do I have to do this at home? I know what to do. And I said, because if you don't practice it at home, it won't become a habit and then it won't be authentic and you won't do it right. So let's do it. right. <laughs> Chris, back to you for a moment. Yes. I'd love to hear more about just you as a person. How did you get into the ministry?
0: Well, uh, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad wasn't, uh, he was later in life, but my mom raised us in church and with the word of God and prayer. And though I strayed from that for a few years, uh, Later on, I just loved to read the Word of God, and when I was in my 20s, I decided I wanted to become a pastor, and so I went to to school for that. That's a calling, right? It was a calling, Mm -hmm. yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it's interesting because today is a calling, too. You know, people say, oh, well, you left the ministry, and I say, no, no. Mm -mm. Uh, Single moms going to college need God's love, too. It's just different than what I used to do. But, yeah, I've always felt like I'm still serving God, and, and that's very important to me. I, uh, you know, as a young man, I began to ask the question, why am I here to begin with? You know, what's this all about? And mm-hmm. the answer was, you're here to honor God with your life and to, to get to know God and, and walk with him and serve others. And mm-hmm. so that's been kind of a homework of my life.
1: Well, and you're certainly doing that. You know, in your experiences all through your life, we've all had those times when we've learned probably <laughs> in the down times more than in the up times, maybe three things that you could share with our audience and with me that have been really important you'd love to pass on and and, and learn from your experiences of wisdom. What, what, sure. would, what would any of
0: those be? You know, I think maybe the most prominent one for me is over the years realizing the simple words, God is love. <laughs> and that has impacted my life to understand that on a daily basis, you know, how am I treating those in my family, uh, my colleagues, the moms we serve. How am I serving people? What am I doing to bless people and make their journey better and make their life better? And that is, has been a driving force in my life, and it's a very simple thing to live by every day, but uh, that has been one. And, and it, you know, happiness, I've, I, just, I feel so bad. I see people retiring, mm-hmm. and it's all about them. They, they, oh. they may have, I mean, <laughs> they ha- may have never done something, served in a nonprofit, done something for anybody in their whole life. They've just lived their life. Done, 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 do, do, do. And it's so, that's so unsatisfying, I think, to mm. live that kind of a life. So that's the first one. It's just serving others. You know, God is love. But also, I would say, as you could tell from my story earlier, expect the unexpected. When you go on that journey with God, you have no idea what might be out there. I didn't know there'd be a little boy on the street. I didn't know when we came to Dallas that we would uh, end up in the American Airlines Center with Harrison Barnes and before our event started or as our event started that the Dallas Mavericks would announce they were giving us a hundred thousand dollars. We didn't see that coming. In fact Um, when we did our business plan for Dallas we didn't have in there a hundred thousand dollars from the Mavericks you d- it, it just, it's an adventure. When mm. you really give your life to live for God, it's so cool, the things that happen. It just It's an adventure. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I would say to people, don't give up. Just because you're on the journey with God, just because you're serving God, whether it's with your family or your friends or through something like Helping Cancer Single Moms, it's never easy. It's mm-hmm. hard work. Uh, God does what you can't do, but he's not going to do what you can. And it's been a lot of work here in Dallas (laughs) but we are starting to see the fruit pay off so I would encourage people don't give up because I've been through the good times and the bad times and the bad times if you're certain what you're doing is out of love and is benefiting people don't give up hang in there and watch it work
1: Mm. and that goes back to when you know your purpose and it can be simple people people ask me well how did you know your purpose I can't figure out my purpose I think they're from my perspective, they're expecting some big, uh, humongous flash of life, as if uh, light as if this is my purpose. What would you say to someone like that? Gosh, I can't, Chris, I can't figure out my purpose.
0: Here's what I do. When I get an idea or a passion to do something, mm-hmm. I will wait and make sure if it stays there after months and months, Or even after you've prayed about it and you still have that passion Mm -hmm. and you start seeing some opportunities, then I'll follow through. But every time I get an idea of something that would be good to do, I don't just jump into it. Because otherwise, like even with Helping Hands for Single Moms, we might have been all over the board over the years. We have stayed focused on education, Mm -hmm. helping a single mom get a college degree. Mm -hmm. And we have been stronger and better by staying focused. So that means there's times I've had ideas to do other things, uh, you know, broaden the mission, Mm -hmm. and it would have been a mistake. But if I waited, prayed about things, and not been in a hurry, Mm -hmm. when you do that, pretty soon you realize, eh, that wasn't the thing to do. So Mm -hmm. we try, I don't try to run, jump into a rabbit trail real quick. I wait. If God wants me to do something, he'll make sure that I know about it within a few months. It'll keep coming back to me.
1: Uh, You know, that's really good advice. Michelle, I don't know about you, but... I've certainly had, I'll call it a nudging or, you know, that little in your gut feeling. And you're right, Chris, it doesn't go away. Have you ever had those, something like that, Michelle? Absolutely. Just a nudging?
3: Absolutely. I'm I'm really passionate about people and I want to save the world. (laughs) And I have to remind myself (laughs) that, yeah, I can't save everyone and that's not my job. Um, And again, I have to be very reflective because I can't. It might sabotage other things that I am called to do. So, but yeah, I want to save everyone. But when you have that conviction that just doesn't go away, that passionate drive, um, that's how I ended up running for school board. It was that nudge that like, if I want these kids to have change, I can complain about it and I can be angry and frustrated or I can go make it happen. And that nudge didn't go away, and I really wanted it to go away because I didn't see myself going political, but it didn't. And so I had to pray about it and follow and be obedient to
1: God's plan for my life. And I know you're going to get that position, right? (laughs) Yes, I am. So, all right, I'd love to hear two more from you. Be reflective is one. What else would you share that you've learned?
3: Never let a circumstance or situation disqualify any anything or anyone from greatness
1: oh tell tell me more about that
3: Oftentimes we focus on challenges and then we allow those challenges to get bigger than God. Mm -hmm. And God is bigger than all of those things. So as long as you stay focused on how big and powerful God is, you don't get discouraged or defeated. And you push through and pushing through is what gets you to an even even sweeter victory. Mm. So I've learned to appreciate the battle because it makes the victory that much sweeter. And getting that education, despite the fact that I shouldn't have breaking odds and statistics to obtain that degree and reach that finish line made it
1: so much more victorious that it wouldn't change things. Have you thought about being a motivational speaker? <laughs> I, I do some. <laughs> I, think, <clears throat> I think you've got a great story that anyone would listen to. Thank you. So thank you for your – so let me just review these. So you said, uh, Chris, serving others, show love because God is love. You said expect the unexpected. And I'll add to that, recognize it, <laughs> right? Yes. Expect the unexpected. And never give up. That's that's a good one. Never give up, Winston Churchill. Never, never, never. And Michelle, be reflective. Stop and think about things. Go with the nudge. After you've been reflected, which you've said too, never let challenges discourage you. You said something about Things are hard. Well, that's why they call it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> Michelle, you ended with, uh, I love this, appreciate the battle. Yeah. That's easy to do after the fact, but I wrote that down and underlined it because while we're going through the battle, it isn't so easy. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you, you both so much for being on the show. It would be so interesting to have you back a year from now and see how many cities now are uh, engaging in this and for our listeners you can go to helping hands for mom dot oh i'm Hel- wrong
0: helping hands for single mom dot, dot
1: org say it again
0: helping hands for single moms dot org and they will also find michelle's story on that she's one Ooh, of the moms good. we highlight from but yeah
1: there you go all right I'll bet you dollars to donuts you're going to get a lot of others. These moms are worth it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. One final question before we leave. How many moms to this point have received a college education because of your work?
0: Uh, As of last spring, 239 graduates.
1: 239. And they're making a living for themselves and their families. That's totally awesome. Thank you both so much, and I wish you all the blessings in the years to come. And for our listeners, stay tuned next time when we'll have another amazing guest or two or three sharing what they've been doing right. For now, this is Valerie. Bye.